0: May he be exalted. And you may be seated. If you have your Bibles and would like to turn to James chapter 5 as our journey through James continues. James chapter 5 verses 7 through 11 is what we just read. And if you'd like to follow along using sermon notes and weren't aware that those are available, our ushers have those. So if you need a set of sermon notes, would you kindly just uh, lift your hand and we'll get you a set of those. Okay, let's get going. Only... 28 days till Christmas. You excited about that? Woo! 28 days. It's a wonderful time of the year. I like this season. And for Jesus' followers, it's, it's really the opportunity to celebrate this incredible mystery of God becoming man. And that's what a walk through Bethlehem is all about. You see some of our staging uh, as we prepare for just a couple of weeks down the road in which we'll be opening our doors and hosting our community, connecting with our community by giving them an experience of what Bethlehem might have been like on that incredible night when Jesus was born. More about that later. Uh, The return of Jesus is the next part of God's great plan of redemption for humanity. He is coming. That's why the event was foretold by prophets. It was proclaimed by the angels and taught by Jesus and his disciples. In fact, more Old Testament passages are devoted to the return of Christ than to his first coming. It is an incredibly important event in God's calendar. His coming is mentioned lots of times. In fact, uh, more than 500 verses in the Bible deal with the return of Christ and three times in our passage in James today. But we're going to save that truth for a few weeks, all right? Uh, Part two of this message a couple weeks down the road in which we talk about the return of Jesus and the impact that that has on us. But there's another theme In this section of Scripture, uh, that's vitally important, and that theme is patience. You see that running in and through uh, this part of Scripture. Uh, I've looked through my sermons and in over three decades of ministry, I've never devoted an entire message to patience, so this is a first. All right? So let me ask you this How many of you think I'm a relatively patient kind of person? When it comes to patience, you know, I'm pretty good with that. Would you kindly slip your hand up? Okay, Okay. now let's do it this way. How many of you are seated next to a relatively impatient person? Would you raise your hand? Oh, oh, it's a game changer. Talk about that on the way home from church, all right? <laughs> so what is patience? We work hard at Southside about developing a common language. That way when we use a word, we all understand and agree or at least come together as far as the meaning is concerned. So what is patience? Dictionary says the quality of enduring irritation, annoyance, misfortune, pain, delay, without complaint, loss of temper, or frustration. Now, how many of you have been irritated lately? Would you raise your hand? Good. How many of you have been irritated this morning? Okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, Patience speaks (laughs) directly to that. Or it can mean quiet, steady perseverance, even-tempered diligence. I like that. So that's where we begin. But let's round it out with what the Greek word means, because I think it's very important. Makarthumeo is the Greek word. It means to be long-tempered rather than short-tempered. I like that. To be long-tempered rather than short-tempered means to bravely endure delay, to bear suffering, never give in or lose heart, slow to avenge, anger, or punish. Wow, that's a very rich word, is it not? Wow, an incredible word in Scripture. It's found 24 times in all of its forms in the New Testament. In fact, though, four times James uses it in verses 7 and 8. Four times in two verses out of the 24 times it's used in the New Testament. So this is the theme of this section of Scripture, to be patient. So James says that we should be patient. In fact, he commands that you too must be patient. And then he gives us a couple of examples of what that might look like. And he mentions right off the bat, like a farmer who waits for the fall and spring rains. Now, the early rains in Palestine are just the opposite of rains here. The ground had grown hard and fallow and needed to be softened. And the fall was planting season. In Palestine, still is. So October, November is the planting season in Palestine. The rains would come. It would soften the ground. And the late rains that he speaks about was the harvest season in March and April. So quite the opposite. But everyone understood what he was talking about because their culture was based on agriculture. And so everyone understood the importance of these rains in this part of the earth. And so he goes to uh, another example because his audience was Jewish. We've talked a lot about this. James' audience was Jewish believers that had been dispersed. So he says, for examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets in verse 10. Now, many of these superstars of our faith are in the Faith Hall of Fame located in where is it located? The Faith Hall of Fame? Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, correct. And so they knew these characters and they had this example of these great people who endured much and were very patient in the process. And then he jumps to Job's example in verse 11. Now, this interestingly is the only time Job is mentioned in the New Testament. The only time. And he says, Consider Job's example. Now, What happened to Job? Well, you know the story. Job lost all of his material possessions. He was a wealthy guy. He lost all of his sons and daughters on the same day. The only thing he was left with was a wife who said, curse God and die, you idiot. What a life. What a life. So he gets wiped out all in one single day. They understood this. Yet in the end, Job ended up much better than he was in the beginning. If you read the end of Job, what an example for us. So, James says, consider these examples uh, of patience. They're all around you. Now, we've got to live it. And that's a little more challenging. Peter puts it this way. God is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Aren't you glad God is patient? Wow, if he weren't patient, woo, yeah, yeah, we'd be in deeper water. Yes, we would. But God is patient. God is patient, not wanting anyone to perish. Now, let's put this together. God loves the world. True or false? The world would be you and me. True or false? True. So God loves you and me. Think about the equation. Now, God is patient even with those who hate him. Kind of amazing, isn't it? God is patient. Now, we know from 1 Corinthians 13 for that love is patient. That's 1 Corinthians 13, 4, the love chapter. Love is patient. Now put this together. If God loves me and God's love is in me, I will be patient with others because it's God's patience working through me, and that's the only way that it can happen. You, you see how that works? You grab onto that point. God is love, God is patient. If God's love is in me, then I will be patient just as God is patient with me. I will be patient with others. How's that working for you? Not so good, ah, not so good. right, yeah. So, so what do we do with that? What do we do with that? It's tough, it's tough. So I need to ask myself, do I keep my cool when things aren't going my way? Do I? Am I slow to anger with those I love? Do I rarely lose my temper? Where am I with this? Now, get this patience is used almost exclusively in the new testament in reference to people and not problems think about that for a moment this word is used almost exclusively in the new testament dealing with people and not problems because what's truly important in life is our relationships not the problems we all have problems anybody here problem free <laughs> right No, not going to happen, not going to happen. We're all going to have problems, but the issue is, are we patient with people going through those problems? Hmm, this is where James starts to bear down on this. Now, love's patience gives me the ability to be hurt and even taken advantage of without getting upset or angry. Well, that's kind of wimpish, isn't it? Hmm, the heroes of our world are those who fight back, stand up, get even, take revenge, win at all costs, I'm going to stomp you out, right? Right? But God's love is very much the opposite of that. God's character is very much the opposite of the world. This love actively and aggressively seeks the well-being of others while putting self on the shelf. In other words, I'm dead. Jesus lives through me. If Jesus lives through me, I will be a patient person. Now, what happens when I'm not so patient? What's going on here? Let's think about this. You say, that's impossible. It's impossible. You know what? You're right. It is impossible. It's impossible for us to be patient. But with God, all things are possible because he's the one that supplies the patience. All we need to do is let him do what God does. Now, that sounds almost too easy. Our ability to love with this love is based on our connection Christ if we are going to be a patient person if we're going to love as Jesus did it's based totally and exclusively on our connection to Jesus patience is the visible overflow get this patience then is the visible overflow of our invisible attachment to Jesus this is what James has been saying all along faith is invisible but can always be seen a relationship with God is invisible but can always be seen by the words that we speak and the actions and the attitudes that we carry do you agree with that? Although faith is invisible, it can always be seen. This is the same point that he's hammering here. Patience is the invisible or the visible flow of our invisible faith in Jesus. Let me put it this way. I don't need more patience. I don't need more patience. I need more of Jesus. Okay? Allow me to explain some verses. Colossians 3.12. Paul writes, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must... Here's a command. Clothe yourselves, putting on of a garment, with a tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, and gentleness, and... What? We've got to put on patience, okay? Let's work this out. Now, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Right? Singular. Fruit is singular. Not one piece. It's all together, right? So... The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Where does patience come from? From the Holy Spirit. That is correct. Now, Jesus said this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. What fruit is he talking about? Yeah, Holy Spirit fruit? Yeah, and this, character transformation. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithful, and gentle self-control, right? That kind of fruit is evidence that I am truly connected to the vine. The vine being Jesus, uh, my life is supposed to be the fruit of being connected to Him. We don't need to pray for patience. We need more of Jesus. I almost snicker in my soul when I'm in a, a prayer group, and I'll hear somebody, oh God, give me more patience. I'm like, ha. <laughs> you don't know what you're asking for are you crazy you want to pray for more patience that's really not the best way to pray why patience is a byproduct get this patience is a byproduct of being attached to the vine who is the vine jesus always the right answer who is the vine that's correct I am a piece of fruit from the vine as I'm connected to Jesus. So I don't need to ask for more patience. I need more of who? Jesus. And a lot less of me. Correct? What is so hard about this? <laughs> Let's keep going. Let me just say this. As I was working on this, the Lord was just kind of pressing in on my heart. And I'm supposed to say to someone, hang in there. Don't give up. It's too soon to quit. Hang in there. You're almost there. It's right there. Don't quit. Don't stop. I don't know who that's for, but I know it's for me. When we're detached from the vine, then we become impatient people. If when we're attached to the vine, being Jesus, we will have the fruit of patience in our lives. When we are detached from the vine, we become impatient people. Rather than gratitude for all God does, we become ungrateful, we become selfish, which shows itself in some pretty ugly ways. We grumble, we complain, we moan, we groan, we whine, we whimper, we belly ache, we throw a pity party because it's all about us. And I become very impatient because I am now detached from the vine being Jesus. We get crabby. We cop an attitude of ingratitude, just the opposite of what the Scripture says. And we say, ooh, we wrestle with this in ourselves. I've got some not-so-great expectations about life, about relationships, and somehow it doesn't work out the way that I had planned. A person, a situation, a relationship, it's fallen short of my plans, so I become impatient. I become ungrateful. Lord, forgive me. I've detached myself from the vine. I've got to reconnect with the vine. Wow. This is what James addresses. He knows that when we are detached from Jesus, we become ungrateful. We start to grumble and complain. That's why he says, don't grumble and complain about each other. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters. Knock it off knock it off. In this context of patience then, when we become impatient, we start to grumble and complain. Anybody there? Do you do that? Good. Some of you are nodding. Some of you are just smiling. That's good. That's good. Because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Right? This is real life and where it's lived. The question is, what do we do with it? Now, I know that in this group of incredibly spiritual people, there are no whiners or complainers, so I don't know why I'm even going to preach this. But... Let's look at God's people somewhere else, right? Not not at Southside, because this wouldn't happen here. So let me just give you a few examples from the book of Exodus, right? I love the Old Testament. Probably ninety percent of my devotional life is spent in the Old Testament. I just love the Old Testament, right? So from Exodus. Love these passages. Moses led the people of Israel. This is Exodus fifteen. Away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. Then the people complained, turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. So they start complaining. All right, so it's not enough for the food thing now, or we've got to get on the food thing. We don't have water, now we don't have food. What are we going to do? Well, let's find out. The whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted, but now you brought us into this wilderness. And we're going to starve to death. So Moses and Aaron said to the, all the people of Israel, What have we done that you should complain about us? Then Moses added, The Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening, bread to satisfy in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. Remember that? What we said about patience dealing almost exclusively with people and not problems? <laughs> The problem's not the problem, the problem's the person now, right? Ooh-wee. So, we don't have food, we don't have water, and we're going to grumble and complain, so let's continue in Exodus, the next chapter. At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. Eventually, they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So, once more, the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me? He's getting a little testy here. Why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us or children or livestock with thirst? And Moses cried out the Lord what should I do with these people? They're ready to stone me. <laughs> oh my goodness. When we're detached from the vine we start to grumble and complain. That's human nature. No that's sin nature. Right? Mm-hmm. So Paul in the book of Philippians, commands us do everything without complaining and arguing. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Don't be impatient, right? So what if we do with this? Because we know, we, how many of you complained over the Thanksgiving holiday about something? <laughs> I'm sure I did. I can't, just can't remember it, right? Yes, I'm sure I did, sure. But do everything without complaining and arguing. So we need to reverse this thing. How do we move from grumbling to gratitude? How do we get from impatience to patience? So let's review. The Lord is patient with us, correct? Is God patient with you? We all agree on that one, okay? Secondly, the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy, James says. Do you believe that? Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad he's not impatient or treat me like I deserve to be treated. Otherwise, whoa, okay? Now, to get more patience, we need more of what? Jesus. Jesus. To get more of Jesus, we need less of ourselves. True or false? Okay, now, brilliant Bible scholars. That sounds easy. That sounds easy to do. Dustin, can we have this one on, please? I'm just wondering, how do we get more of Jesus and less of ourselves? Who wants to take a shot at this one? No right or wrong. I, I'm just curious. How do we do this? Okay, wait, wait. We want everybody to hear. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, pray more. Or when you're feeling yourself being impatient, you should stop immediately. And oh, wait. Can you wait one second? Mm-hmm. Our sound guy's coming. <laughs> He's going to rescue you. All right, let's hear for Dustin on sound today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you yourself becoming impatient you should immediately stop and reconnect with the vine by praying okay so when you sense impatience coming you got to deal with it immediately Al, what do you say pray more and, uh, read the word. okay one more time <laughs> pray more and read the word okay but isn't that doesn't that sounds just like Christian trite mumbo jumbo to me personally Oh, I'm not patient I just need to read the Bible more and I'm going to be okay no that's a good answer that's a good start right but have you done that no, no tell me the truth not all the time that's an honest answer but why isn't it working consistently for you if it were just as easy as reading the Bible and praying wouldn't we all be very patient people I'm, st- I'm still trying to uh, deal with my flesh. Okay. My flesh is the problem. Okay. Your sin nature is the problem. Now we're getting somewhere. But what do we do with the sin nature then? You guys give me your trite Christian stuff. I need help. One thing it's not trite. Go ahead. Uh, just let go and let God just uh, try and focus on the spirit and uh, release yourself from the flesh. Okay, and I think that's important. We have to analyze the situation and understand this is a spiritual, spiritual battle that we're in. And the problem's not the problem, and generally the person's not the problem. Where is the problem? Right here, right here. We spend all of our time and energy focusing on the other person, right? Right? And blaming and accusing and, and being the victim and all the stuff that we go through as we play this game when really the impatience starts right here in the depths of my own heart. Right? Who's got a really wise answer over here? Can you pass that back to Rebecca, please? Oh, by the way, this is Sandoval and Jocelyn. Can you guys stand? Yeah. She's, she's going to kill me after this, but I love it. I love it. Congratulations to the two of you. Would you like to introduce someone brand new for the first time in our congregation? Sure. This is Andre. This is Andre. Let's welcome Andre. Don't wake him up though. He is two weeks old today. Congratulations, you guys. Fantastic, fantastic. All right, back back to this. Okay, yeah, a lot of patience needed, right, Rebecca? ask for forgiveness when you make that mistake because ah, okay. it will bring humility for yourself good good I think that's very very important is that we understand the issue is in my heart and I'll guarantee you forgiveness is not only part of the solution it's unforgiveness is a part of the problem because there's something that's gone disconnect in my heart between me and Jesus that I need to write. So don't blame the problem. The The problem, the other driver, is not the cause of your impatience. He or she is not. Even if they drive like that, how could you drive like that? Get out of the left lane. Don't you understand? Slower traffic, keep right. What is the matter with you? Oh, no, the problem's right here, isn't it? Danny, you want to take a shot at that? <laughs> I think part of it is uh, recognizing and surrendering Surrendering to Jesus and God And with that surrender Reconnecting, like you said Being that fruit, reconnecting to that vine And then channeling that back into your heart Good, good Uh, That's actually what I have in my notes That's the next line Surrender To surrender That I believe is key Because when we sense that we're growing impatient in our hearts, it's very important that we dig underneath. And Al, I'm not belittling you, but I also want to avoid that if we just have a magic formula of reading our Bible and praying that everything's going to be okay. And you know what? It can be. It can be. But I have to put my finger on the area of disconnect in my heart. And I guarantee you, if I'm disconnected with God, I'm disconnected with others. And I have got to reconnect my heart again, first to my Father. Then the fruit can begin to emerge again. And all that selfishness and ugly stuff that comes out of me is dealt with as I deny myself, take up my cross, and I follow him, and I surrender my life again and again, and again, multiple times every day. Repentance, so key, so key. Forgiveness, yes. I want to be a more patient person, do you? I need more of Jesus and less of John if that's going to happen. And I need to be broken, and I need to surrender, and I need the fragrant aroma of Christ's life coming from me because I stink right in the flesh and yet how he loves us how he loves us and so friends would you bow with me and let's just think about this for a moment Father I'm just grateful for your Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth through the word of truth through Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. I am so grateful, God, so grateful that you are so patient with me. And that's simply an expression of your love. And so, Lord, in each of our homes, in each of our hearts, and in our church, might we truly be exhibiting the fruit of, of patience as your spirit fills our soul and fills this church and Lord would you start a new work in us and I'm grateful I don't hear much grumbling against one another but I know my own heart and how quickly I am to grumble and complain and Lord in this moment we want to reconnect with you This has been a crazy week and some of us just need to take a breath and be reminded again that you are Jesus and that you are God and that you're in control of all things and my out of control life is in your hands. And so Father we say thank you together. Thank you for your great patience. Thank you for your great love. And I pray, Lord, that we would just engage and wrestle with this concept. More of Jesus, more of the vine, more like Jesus would we be. And so together we say thank you and we surrender and we ask you fill us, Spirit of the living God. Fall fresh in each heart fall fresh upon our church and we'll thank you together in Jesus name and together all God's people said amen